Welcome into the latest uh, episode here of the Nebraska Prep Zone Report. We got a, even though we're kind of snowed in here for the last couple of days, we've had a lot of postponements, kind of a quiet week in, in basketball. We're um, here to talk about the latest rankings from Stu Pospisil and Mike Patterson. And, you know, guys, we're here on a on a Wednesday um, Wednesday morning. We don't have any action again tonight, um, but we do have some fresh rankings and as we were talking about before we hopped on here, uh, a new number one and uh, in the girls' side of things, Mike, even after Britt Prince uh, in her historic day on Saturday. Go ahead, Mike, explain right. it. <laughs> and, Stu and Stu and I pretty much agree on this, but uh, <laughs> last, last A, Millard West, uh, slip past Elkhorn North is our overall number one. They're both undefeated. They're both very close. Uh in my mind, I just thought the Wildcats have played a little tougher schedule to this point, Class A, and uh, winning the holiday tournament. So Millard West won, Elkhorn North a very close number two, but uh, Millard West has a tough game Friday night at Omaha Central. So if the Wildcats stumble there, Elkhorn North uh, makes it through this week. Don't be surprised if the Wolves jump back up to number one. But uh, yeah, like I, I said, still really have number one. Call. Close call, Millard West one, Elkhorn North two. We were both there on, on Saturday, and it was a virtuoso performance by Britt Prince. Yeah. You know, and, and McKenna Murphy gets 19 or 21 on her own two against a, a Scott team that was undefeated. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm me this week. <laughs> so, I'm Mike, you just, just take too. me through it again. Scott, Scott was the number two team. Uh, last week, right? Last rankings. Did you have them two and then, or did you have Nordwest two last week? Uh, in the overall top 10 last yeah. week, it was Elkhorn North one, Millard West two. Okay. Scott and three. That was three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, it was, getting, it was an impressive getting, performance for sure. Yeah. Stu made the comment and I had to agree with him that, uh, Britt Prince is just one of those players, boys or girls, that uh, you would pay admission just to see her play. She's just been so impressive, so electrifying. 42 on Saturday. Um, her third quarter was unbelievable. Um, I think she maybe missed just one shot, made, I think, eight baskets in that, in that period, and just uh, flipped the game totally. Scott was ahead by a couple points at halftime. And, uh, yeah, that third quarter just turned the game. And um, I'm not sure what more we can say about Brett. She's just a great player, generational, really, on the girls' basketball front here in Nebraska. And, uh, you know, hopefully she goes on to a great career with the Huskers. Of course, if our listeners missed it, she passed Jordan Hooper that day um, to become the all-time Class B leader in scoring. Mike, I mean, you've you've watched a lot of athletes over the years. Do you think you've seen a better scorer than Britt Prince? Well, Just I remember uh, seeing Jordan Hooper when she played down at State, Dylan, some yeah. years ago, but playing for Class B Alliance. And we hadn't really seen her play to that point when she was a freshman. And she was pretty tall, 6'2 or 6'3. And I just remember her... She had the ball and she was uh, dribbling full speed down the court and she went behind her back and, and went in and laid it in. And it was just like everybody kind of looked at each other like, whoa, did she just do that? So she was a great player. And, um, you know, Britt is uh, 
awesome too. She became the 16th player to go past the 2000 point mark. Um, she's going to keep moving up that chart and yeah. it's, uh, it's doubtful that she'll be able to overtake, uh, Darcy Strackey is the state's career number one scorer, but, um, you know, if she stays healthy and, and keeps scoring the way she is, um, there's no question that she's probably going to end up in the top, top three or four. No, I think she's number two. I, at this pace, I think yep. she ends up number two. Because yep. the record is right well, around 27. 2752 right? is Strackey. Oh. Okay. Right. I think right. we figured out that uh, Britt would need to average just about 40 points a game to catch her, which highly doubtful that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, but it wouldn't be surprising if she ends up uh, second or third. It's a great year that the shot clock came in for her. Yes. Because teams that would try to try to play keep away from her can't do it this year. You know, my, my take, and I've, I've seen them all, um, you know, Mortise Ivy was the generational player of the 80s. 90s is kind of, uh, you know, certainly Jordan Hooper in in the 2000s, and now 20 years later. Britt just can do it all. I mean, the 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 court presence, the 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 court vision, the passing. She's not a selfish player. She's got the outs quick outside shot. Uh, you know, she can pop it from anywhere. You know, Mortise was very much a slasher to the basket, and you didn't have the three pointer back then. And and you know, I she she was a good shooter, but uh, I think Britt exceeds her in that regard. And you know, Jordan was such a dominant force around the basket, but Britt is an inside outside player who leaves her team in rebounds. She just she has that innate sense, Mike. Don't you think of knowing where the if there's a miss by anybody where that ball is going to end up. And she's usually there. Yeah. Yep. I She does have that sixth sense where uh, she seems to know where the ball is always going to land. I think we all should, also should mention her defense, too. Um, oh. Long quick arms. Hands, quick feet. Very, very disruptive. Um, when Elkhorn North plays a team that uh, hasn't really seen the Wolves play, I'm thinking that was at the uh, – they played Trainer Iowa last week, and that was a, a team that, uh, well, a game that Elkhorn North needed to pick up because they had that open date. But uh, you could tell that the Cardinals of of, El of uh, Trainer had no idea what Britt was like def defensively because she had several steals, and um, I'm sure they knew what she could do offensively. But, yeah, she's a force at both ends of the court. Well, Trainer had a six-five girl that uh, got neutralized to what two points, right? Yeah, I thought that uh, she might be a much bigger factor in that game, and uh, turned out she wasn't. So Elkhorn North won that game handily, and then went on to handle the Skyhawks a couple of days later, as as Stu and, and I dropped in the rankings. <laughs> Just ever so slightly, like I said, week to week, we'll yep. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> They're now on a 34-game win streak. Um, and, you know, you think about the the history that those two teams have had the last couple of years. That was a team that handed them their last loss, right? Was that like January, early, early in the season, right? It was it was, it was second game. Okay, yeah. yeah. Was Scott, yeah that's great. First Scott weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, and, you know, uh, like, you, you talked to – sorry, sorry, Mike. You talked to Coach 
you know, Ann Prince after the game, and she kind of said Britt had that look in her eye in the third quarter when they really started to pull away. And it seems like they just really want this undefeated season bad. Yeah, she uh, she definitely was in the zone. And, you know, when her own mom slash coach says that she had that look in her eye, <laughs> she uh, definitely was correct about that. But, uh, you know, we've talked quite a bit about Elkhorn North. I guess I should defend Millard West a little bit. Uh, the Gessert sisters, Neely and Nora leading the way. Uh, a lot of Division Ones want them, including Nebraska and Creighton and uh, Kylie Pabin, their sophomore forward, who's really come on this season, has uh, been a factor for the Wildcats. So that's uh, that that played into it as far as uh, Millard West slipping ahead of Elkhorn North too. So, like I said, we'll see what happens from here. But uh, both teams outstanding. Um, um, well, here, Millard, here's a game to watch. Millard West hadn't, Millard West hadn't won the Metro tourney, uh, you know, in quite a while. So that came into play a little bit. Um, I mean, Elkhorn North won the uh, Eastern Midlands tournament. So props to the Wolves for that. But here's uh, a game to watch, guys, in two weeks. It's part of the Nebraska Prep Classic on January 20th. I think it's a 715 game. Millard yeah. North, Elkhorn North. Yes. Right. And, you know, Millard West won't be playing Elkhorn North this season, but uh, Elkhorn North did play Bellevue West. El Elkhorn North will be playing Millard North, so we can compare those scores to a point. I know that's not exactly the same as playing head-to-head, -head, but at, at least there's a little bit of common ground there where we can say, yes, they beat them by this much, so then we can go on from there. Yeah, that Millard North team is right now number three in your in your rankings, and um they got destroyed by by West the other night. I think that was the night that Gessert, one of the Gessert twins dropped 30. And then that Pabin, she had a double double against um Central, right? In the in the Metro. Yeah, she had she had 19 and 14 against yeah. uh Central. So she's she's I've never see those two well. or three. What's that? I've not seen Millard West yet. I'm I'm eager to see those three girls. Yep. Yeah, for speaking sure. Speaking of speaking so. of defense, I know Neely is uh Neely is the scorer. Nora can be the scorer too, but Nora's defense on uh Inea Jones against Central at the mm -hmm. holiday tournament was just had the clamps on her and um Central goes as Jones goes and um she was not a scoring factor that game and that that played into Millard West victory and I'm curious to see uh how the Eagles respond on Friday night. They're uh, they're a different team at home. You know, you get that crowd into it there. And um, like I said, we'll see what happens Friday night. Well, then Saturday night, uh, you've got Kennedy Williams and Lincoln Southwest coming into play central. So I'm, I'll be there for that one. You know, talk about guard matchup, Kennedy Williams versus Anaya Jones, two yeah. power five or two, uh, you know, uh, division one recruits. Right. Yeah, Kennedy uh, had seven threes in a game in the HAC tournament, and then the next game she hit a long three-pointer to to win it. So another Nebraska recruit that uh, people are expecting big things from in the future and, and really fun to watch. And she's healthy this year, which is great. She missed a big part of last season last year. So, uh, yeah, I think you could be seeing a good one Saturday night, Stu. Well, I think on the boys' side too, we'll get what we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Dylan, you want to tackle anything else on the girls' side? 
No, just, you know, talking about, yeah, the Silverhawks there, they, I think they made the big rise of the week to number four. Um, but like you said in your column, PAT, you know, we might be hearing a lot from the other Lincoln schools before it's the season's all said and done. Right. Well, and Southwest got beat uh, by yeah. Southeast on Saturday night. Right. The next game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And Southeast is a team that's kind of flown under the radar in Lincoln. You're thinking more of Southwest and Northeast and Pius and North Star, but uh, yeah, Southeast got that win. So it's been quite a while since the Knights have been to state. I know that's uh, one of our favorite bands in the entire state. So if Southeast can somehow get it done and get to state, I think that'd be a treat, not just for us, but for uh, every fan there at the state tournament. How about your other number ones, Mike? Let's just talk about them quickly. Millard West uh, won in Class A, Elkhorn North won in B. Uh, Sydney moves up to number one in Class Red C. Red Raiders. Yep. They defeated Lincoln Christian. So, uh, yeah, the Lady Raiders, number one in C1. Crofton remains number one in C2. Pender, the Pendragons stay number one in D1. And uh, Leighton undefeated. This might be the first time they've ever been ranked number one. They uh, move up. Fall City, Sacred Heart, our previous number one, got defeated. Uh, so Leighton, at least for now, 10 and 0. They are number one in Class D2. All righty. Yeah, if we want to flip it over to the boys now, you know, Stu, we can start by talking about uh, the, the two at the top, flip-flopping. Got Bill West back at number one. Yeah, no, no question there. Bellevue West won the the Metro on uh, last Wednesday, and then uh, uh, beat uh, Council Bluffs Lincoln Stanley the next night. Um, you know, the one loss was to Miller North. Miller North lost to Central in the Holiday Tourney. Avenged that loss uh, uh, last weekend. So, just a flip flop there. Bellevue West one, Miller North two, and then nobody else has just one loss. Um, Westside and Central are three, four. Uh, Gretna still, you know, going through the process of, of um, you know, remembering and and mourning the loss of of Coach Brad Feakin. Um, you know, Gretna got to the attorney uh, uh, semifinals. Uh, they got a big game Thursday night, weather permitting, at home against uh, Miller North. First time they will have been home. Uh, home game since uh coach Feekin's death mm. i'm sure that this will be an emotional night there we'll talk a little bit more in a few minutes about uh the celebration of life for brad on on monday but yep. you know gretna is is just having to go through the stages and you know it's there, there there's no no game plan no 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 playbook that you can have a, a team hand a team to go through something like this and then the second five, Papio South, uh, two possessions away for being undefeated. Uh, they lost to Gretna in the in the Metro quarters on uh, Lana Perkowski's uh, last second emotional charge shot. And then they gave up a 19-point lead to Omaha North at North on Saturday and, and lost just before the buzzers. But uh, Papio South is, is still formidable. Then you got uh, Creighton Prep seven, Brian eight, Omaha North nine, and uh, because uh, uh, North had lost to Central early in the holiday tourney, and then Lincoln Southeast, the only non-metro team 
in the class A or top 10 rankings is number 10. Uh, the Knights were the Heartland Conference champion. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be a Lincoln team being able to to make its way into the uh, state tourney field. Right right now, it, you know, you might get one. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that I, I noticed, I guess, is, you know, you, you take away those top two teams and look at three through nine in the rankings, those teams feel very close. And it, it feels like those can flip-flop over the next couple of weeks when they start playing each other more, obviously, and, and you get kind of a evening out of the totem pole, I guess. But, you know, you kept you kept Westside at three. I think you, were, you had been impressed with their win over Creighton Prep on their home floor at the Metro tournament there, Stu. What, what do you like? That one was interesting because Westside was the home team. So yeah, traditionally at prep, the visiting team shoots into the prep student section. Okay. Know, the, yeah. the backdrop. They yep. didn't have to do that in this game. <laughs> because they were the high higher seed. They were the higher seed, so yeah. they were the, they were considered the home team. But uh yeah, West Westside has had a perplexing loss or two, and then they've they've had some good ones. So you know, again, uh, like you say, three through nine, you know, and not that not that those teams couldn't knock off a of Bellevue West or Miller North because Central obviously did with Miller sure. North, but the you know the payback came. Um, you know, it's going to be jockeying. It, they're going. It's going to be the ones obviously that win the close games that are going to get the the top seven seeds for uh, the district playoffs and and home court throughout the districts. Mm. yeah that that's that's the important thing right there and and yeah you know you look at you look at west side they have some of that football talent carrying over to the basketball team it seems like caleb benning is playing quite a bit for them kind of an important role player but then you also have that stubble field he's 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 a good scorer too and mm-hmm. um so yeah that, that'll be kind of a team to watch see if they can stay they, well friday night it's west side of papio south so yeah, along that's... with Miller West at Central, and, and those are two good games. Yep, that's the interesting one I wanted to to talk about as well. But yeah, if we want to get into um, what was uh, just an an emotional weekend there this past weekend, um, remembering the life of of Coach Feekin, and you know this this Dragons team, it's they've already proven that they can go out. They're they're resilient enough to win a game the day after. You know, such the day such. So the day of, yeah, such trauma um, for their team. But, you know, if you want to talk about your thoughts from that day, Stu. Well, you know, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Brad last week. And yep. Sunday, Mike and I were both at the visitation and and the line already was in a queue. What do you think, Mike? Maybe 200 in wow. the line at the peak? Yeah. I mean, the first uh, clue came when you pulled into the uh, parking lot and there were several people out there telling you where to park. And I got there right at the start of the visitation, which was at three o'clock. And um, yeah, I'd say at least 150, 200 people. That line just snaked really forever inside the church there, which goes back to how much of an impact Brad had on uh, so many people in his life. Yeah, the the community, the 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 seventh graders that came through his classroom and uh yeah i mean uh sunday you know i'm guessing probably a thousand came through yeah i I stayed probably an hour 
yeah. into it. And, uh, you know, the line was still quite long. You had, you had people like uh, Bill Carlin who coached with, um, with uh, Brad's dad, Dale, who tragically was killed in an auto wreck about the same age as Brad. He came in, you, you had most of the Metro coaching fraternity, you know, the, the Lukies and Simons and, and, you know, just, you know, uh, Joel Heiser and referees. And it, it was a great turnout that day. Then Monday's funeral at, well, I shouldn't say funeral. It's a celebration of life. Um, you know, melancholy moments there. Um, a lot of, a lot of storytelling, you know, uh, Rylan, Brad's daughter, 13 years old, <laughs> gave a speech that most adults could not have given, even even with great circumstances. Just, you know, eulogized her father so well. And then you had um, uh, Landa Prokorski and Alex Wilcoxon each give uh, recollections of their coach. And, and then um, Ryan Reese, who uh, palled around with... Uh, with uh, Brad and, and Bill Hurd um, in college at Doan, and, and Ryan was a longtime coach uh, in the Gretna program as a volunteer. And then Bill Hurd was the was the anchor man of that lineup. Uh, you know, I don't twenty minutes of ups and downs, and and you know they all encapsulated what uh, Brad Feekin was as a coach, a father, a husband, a friend. And it, it you know, I, I hope my story in Tuesday's World Herald did it justice. Um, you know, just just such such an outpouring. And again, you had, you know, Joe Sadrovic, who coached Brad at Hastings High, came in. He wasn't going, you know, it, you know, just the loyalty and, and the friendships that get made in athletics, you know, really come out, uh, you know, Mike Trader and his wife were there again, you know, Mike was out at Hastings college at the time. And I, you know, he just, Brad touched a lot of people and, you know, he would be embarrassed by the whole thing, but, um, again, he was probably laughing at some of the stories being told or maybe grin grimacing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Stu, Stu, I watched the live stream of uh, the oh, did you? life, and um, the job that uh, Brad's daughter did was just unbelievable up there. And some of the stories that she told were just uh, really touching. And I'm sure Brad would have been so proud of her to be able to do that. Big day, big day. He'd say that almost every single day you walk into your seventh grade reading class. It didn't matter what was going on. He wanted, he knew how to energize young people. Yes. No doubt. So, you know, that's, that's something that we'll continue to look, look at as the season goes along is just a, you know, what, what's the sense that you get from that community, Stu? They're obviously going to they're, yeah, right. And and they're obviously going to back this basketball team. What an inspiration it would be if they were able to go, you know, not only make the state tournament here, but make a little run. That would just be so, I don't know, it gives me chills just thinking about it. So, you know, we athletics creates strange situations and you, you never know, you know, what, you know, I, I'm sure 
Bill Hurd and the staff, you know, it, it's it's just like in life. When does reality hit? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you got to clear that stage that, okay, you know, life goes on, you know, you, you can hit a wall. And, and, you know, again, these kids have been so resilient and, you know, if, if they can keep the momentum going in that, uh, you know, the last thing Brad would want is for them to play for him. They want, he would want them to play for themselves and their teammates and I think that's what the, you know, the community, I think has been real good about that. And, and they've, um, you know, the, the, the balance has been good. Yeah. Putting their, putting their arms around them for sure. Um, right. and letting them know they're there and, and yeah, they're, they're not expecting anything from them. It, it's, it, it's like you said, they're going through the stages right now and, and there is no playbook. So I think you hit that. Not for grieving. No, no. So, with that, guys, I think we're going to run out of time again on our Zoom today. But um, oh, hey, we've got actually, I think we got six minutes left. Okay. Yeah, six minutes. I we see. We cannot. Uh, we'll have something in tomorrow's paper, but a big, big salute to Danny Woodhead, College yes. Football Hall of Fame. I believe he's the second one out of uh, out of uh, Shadron State. Mm-hmm. I, Mike, don't you think Don Beebe's in? Um, I am not sure about that. Let me look that up real quick. <clears throat> the great, I mean, former the Chadron only other one from Chadron. Yeah. <clears throat> the but great anyway, Danny Chadron made it in State. along with, with uh, Frank Solich, and we're going to apologize right now that we haven't had anything um, in the paper about Danny sooner. We'll, we'll rectify that today and tomorrow, but uh, what a great honor. Yeah, Don, no, he's going to be the first. Yeah, he is going to be the first. It so. is. They did They did rename the field after him there, so maybe someday. Because <laughs> that is Don Beebe Stadium out there. Right. I know that. Well, I did not know that either, but uh, probably should be Woodhead Field then. Yeah. And the Con Marshall Press Box. <laughs> there you go. Their longtime sports information director is kind of okay. – he he was is to Shadron State what Don Bryant was to Nebraska all those years, but uh, yeah, Danny, what what a great career! Oh wow, yeah, it, it is it is a little ironic, isn't it, guys? That that he goes in in the same class with Frank Solich, who I was uh, going to say they're that they're going in together. That they did it. That Solich didn't think he was big enough to play major college football. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Which was funny coming from Solich. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Solich doesn't have a very big stature, stature himself, but yeah. Oh, well. But you're no. from Nebraska in this class. I mean, that's, you know, that's uh, going to be a special ceremony. I think it's in uh, in the summer, maybe, you know, yeah. later this year. And also, um, we got a big thing going Friday night. It's the... Uh, the launch of the John Stella Bill Olson Foundation. There's going to be uh, a uh, event at the German American Society on South 120th uh, from 4:30 to whenever. A lot of uh, silent auction items. Maybe a few will be raffled off, but uh, we're talking uh, 
Hall of Fame jerseys with certificates of authenticity for uh, signatures, autographs, Mickey Mantleball, Leroy Neiman, Prince, uh, uh, somebody has donated four Yankees tickets, home or away, any game, uh, Chiefs tickets with hotel, Husker tickets with hotel, uh, lots of golf packages, and it's all to benefit the scholarship program that the uh, that has been created for John Stella, who we just lost last month. Um, really, the the dynamic person behind keeping baseball alive in South Omaha, and then uh, Bill Olson, who will be looking forward to Friday night and seeing a bunch of his old players at this event. Uh, Omaha Northwest. Uh, was a absolute baseball power for 20 years under his tutelage. And uh, we're hoping that uh, son Greg uh, can resolve a scheduling conflict and be there with the snow in, on the way that may even get more dicey, but I know he wants to be there if possible for his dad. And uh, it's just going to be a special night. A lot of remembrances. Uh, yours truly is emceeing. That's a privilege to, to do looking forward oh, for a lot nice. of fun and hopefully uh, uh, a lot of donations and uh, money raised from the, the memorabilia to uh, uh, fund more than, well, this year there's six $1,000 scholarships going out and they want to make this yep. an annual program. Very cool thing. And yeah, you, I, I forgot you wrote about that last night too. So any of our listeners can check out again, all the details on Omaha.com that should be up there for you. Um, and then Mike, real quick, before uh, we take off, you got a story coming today about Bridgeport. Is that right? Our old friends over there. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I made it out to Bridgeport last season. That's a long drive from Omaha, but yes. Uh, yes. Olivia Lewis Goldton. What's that? Been there, done that several times. Okay. Olivia Loomis Goltel, uh, still one of the top scorers in Nebraska. Her sister Ruthie has graduated, so she's carrying on for Bridgeport. She's having a great season, averaging 25. So yeah, that's what uh that's what the story will be about, Dylan. And uh yeah, I think uh Bridgeport has hopes to get back to state again. They were the runner-up a couple years ago, finished third last year, and um they love to finish off with a class C one title in uh in Olivia's senior season. She's a Northern Colorado pledge. Okay. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the story from last year. It was really good. So we're we look forward to that for sure. And um thanks guys again for joining me today. We'll, we're gonna wrap things up. Um to our listeners out there, stay warm, stay safe on the roads, and we'll be back next week to talk about some more rankings. Thanks for listening.